Greetings. Welcome to episode 3.8. This is all about Rod Serling and what a gift he is to all writers. I worked very hard all through last year, and at the end of the year, as a reward for myself, I ordered a bunch of box sets, mostly Blu-rays, and some DVDs of series that are not available on Blu-ray. One of these was the 60th anniversary Blu-ray release of The Twilight Zone, the original. It's a special limited edition, and it's the best presentation of this material that has ever been made at any time. It's humbling to think that Rod Selling, who died in the 1970s, never got to see his masterpiece creation in this astounding quality. On a big screen, the detail is amazing. It also says a lot for the technicians, everyone involved in the lighting, the actual filming, the creation of the sets, the costumes, everything that this material produced for television was of such high quality that you can put it on a huge modern TV and it looks sharp. You can admire the detail better than anyone has before this release. So we today can have a better and fuller experience of this series than anyone ever before. But the main reason I wanted to talk about this box set and rod selling is because it is such a treasury for any creative person looking to get better at what he or she does to gain creative insight and those keys to creativity that I have brought up before on my podcast and have been meaning to get back to. I regret putting off that topic. My apologies to my dear friend Maren, who a long time ago already requested that to be featured as a main topic on some episode. I intend to do that, but for now I'm getting a start on it by talking about Rod Serling's Twilight Zone. This box set comes with an incredible amount of extras. I'm someone who, if I like a series or film, I watch every single extra, even the countless explanations about the magic of blue screen that creators of some DVDs and Blu-rays seem to be so in favor of creating. With this set, all of this material, together with the episodes themselves, all that would make for a complete and self-sufficient masterclass for any writer, no matter how experienced or inexperienced. First, of course, there are the episodes themselves. Studying them, you can learn every aspect of filmmaking. And really, these are short films. They tell a complete story. So they are the short story equivalent of cinema made for TV, but produced with such care and love and expertise that they fully deserve to be called short films. I'll get to the writing in a few moments, but before that I wanted to mention the other aspects that anyone interested in this field and working in this field in any capacity, either in front of the camera or behind it, 
can learn from this series. It covers acting, lighting, cinematography, staging, music, every aspect. Watching the series, you can consider why they made the choices they did. That is the best way to learn many things. It's not the only way to learn, but without that personal curiosity and figuring things out also for yourself, you won't go as far if you only take things that are handed to you or said to you. The extras for the first episode alone bring the total playing time for that episode and the extras to several hours. There's the original version with a different narrator to provide the intro and outro. That version also includes scenes that were cut from the final version that aired. There's an alternative opening, an alternative ending, and then some real treasures, including Rod Serling's personal pitch addressed to the camera for the sponsors. He talks about what the series is going to be, and then there are even greater treasures, namely Rod Serling's lectures, audio lectures, including question and answer sessions on the topic of writing. He taught writing, and he taught it extremely well. These lectures and what he says about his own work is so full of insight that, again, you can learn so much from him this way that it's worth any number of how-to books on writing. A great deal of the value comes from the fact that you see the final product. You see some intermediate versions before they arrived at the final product. There are commentaries by numerous people, including many of the main actors, including Martin Landau for one of the earliest episodes. His commentary is fantastic. He gives a real feel. You know, when you listen to that, you feel like you're learning, you're watching right with him. He also has a terrific performance in that episode. And then to have these commentaries by Rod Serling later, after some time had passed, it's so valuable to hear him point out the things that he wishes he had done differently back then. He is so honest about everything. He can view his own writing with a razor sharpness. And he shared that with people, thankfully also with us who were born later, through these recordings. Thank goodness they exist, because it is such a treasure trove of material for anyone looking to grow as a writer. Rod Serling also did so many things right from the very beginning. He had great respect for writers. He didn't just rewrite other people's stories, except to the extent that was necessary to keep the tone enough in the Twilight Zone zone. Often in his outros, after the episodes, there was a brief appearance by Rod Serling where he would talk about the next episode. These are also included on this fantastic box set. He would mention the writer of the next episode. 
which was something that the vast majority of people in his position wouldn't have done. They wouldn't have cared to spotlight other writers. They would have made it just about himself or herself. But he had respect for the craft and the people who practice the craft of writing. Also, his style of narration was exactly right, and there was a danger of them going with a different narrator to begin with before they finally did allow Rod to do it himself. You can hear that alternative narrator in the first episode, that first version of it, not the final version, and he tried to oversell it. He tried to act it in a self-conscious way that would have been all wrong and would have diminished the impact of the final product. Rod Serling did his narrations like he did everything. This was his way of speaking. He just said it. It doesn't need to be sold. It doesn't need to be acted. If the thought and if the writing are there, the right way, definitely for the Twilight Zone, there may be other places where a different type of approach is suitable. But for the Twilight Zone, that was the right way to do it. Just say it. That reminds me of something Noel MacDonald has said when he took over the news update section of Saturday Night Live. He didn't want anything clever or anything that was like winking at the audience or that was too cute. He wanted to strip it down to the essentials. So instead of making some kind of innuendo, he would just say it, whatever it was. And that was what made it so great. He stripped away all the non-essentials and all the things that would blunt the impact. This is what Rod Serling also did. Any creative person needs to strip away everything that is preventing them being and creating the way they need to and that is in them to do. For my own part, I spent years in that process without creating anything final at that time. It was part of what I needed to do to get to the point where I'm now myself as a creator and not, for example, speaking in somebody else's voice or writing somebody else's stories. Rod Serling put away everything that was phony or unnecessary or dishonest. This is actually one of the connecting themes of several of my favorite creators. Samuel Beckett did this with drama, as Philip Glass has pointed out. Composer Philip Glass, one of my favorites, he has pointed out in his memoirs how what he loved about Samuel Beckett, in addition to how funny the end result was, what he loved was that he cleared the table completely, just put away all the conventions and all the baggage that other writers had let themselves be encumbered by. And then he had a completely free stage to play in. And that's 
the best starting point. If you get to that point as a creator, you are on your way. When you realize you don't, there's nothing that has to be there. You can leave out anything except what you want to put there. So that's Samuel Beckett, Philip Glass, Rod Serling, Noah MacDonald, and I'm sure there are many others, but those are the four names that I could think of. I have so many creative heroes. Oh yes, of course, I have to mention John Cage, composer and writer. John Cage did the same thing. He started with nothing. He went to the very essentials of what music is, and he found a way to explain that through words, including in his fantastic book, Silence, which helped me enormously to start from a very clear point. He was able to explain the basics of how music is. I won't go into that now. That deserves its own discussion. But I hope I have inspired somebody who may have dismissed the Twilight Zone as something that just happened a long time ago and that has nothing valuable for us these days to perhaps reconsider. There are very, very few writers who actually know how to teach writing, and I am extremely happy and grateful that Rod Serling left this legacy of not only his works, but also his words. He was one of the best writers, and he was one of the very best writing teachers, and quite possibly the very best one. Thank you, Mr. Serling. I hope you enjoyed this episode. I hope I was a bit more awake in this episode. And the last one, good night and take care.